Welcome to The Marcus Warren Show, powered by 960 Digital and the Wealth Empowerment Network. Now, here is your host, Marcus Warren. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the number one retirement and tax planning show in the region, The Marcus Warren Show. I am your host, financial advisor, tax and road agent, and author of the Retirement and Tax Playbooks, Marcus Warren. And I hope everyone is doing well on this Sunday. And to my leftish, I am joined by our resident tax professional, D. How you doing, D? Hello and happy Sunday. And remember that if you miss any parts of the show and you want to catch up on anything that you missed, you can subscribe to the Marcus Warren Show podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Also, Throughout the show, we will be offering our Retirement Rescue Game Plan, which is a physical packet of information that will help rescue your retirement from all the risks that threatens your nest egg once you are close and in retirement. Now, in that game plan, you'll get a copy of my two books, a few different financial reports, and access to my webinar entitled Taxes in Retirement. And you can simply order that by going to warrenwealth.net. That's warrenwealth.net. You go to the site, put in your information, and that retirement rescue game plan will be delivered free of charge to your front door. Once again, to get that game plan, go to warrenwealth.net. All right, so um, we're almost finished with uh, with October. Um middle of October. Fall has not started yet. It's still been uh, fairly hot, uh, at least in in these parts. And um, uh, I'm disappointed because uh, I think it's what's going to happen. Is it going to it's going to jump straight from mm-hmm. basically summer to winter with none of that fall transition that I like. And really, when you look out, you know, the window, you know, it's it's the middle of October and the trees are still green you you, you haven't mm-hmm. really even yep, seen green. you know the those fall those fall colors it's 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 unfortunate and i'm i'm unhappy i'm not uh i'm not happy at all so so hopefully you know something changes now i say that with the um you know the uh future goals of you know me and my retirement retiring somewhere like in florida mm-hmm. arizona okay you know, California, right? Where Southern California, where yes. it's basically there are no seasons. It's basically warm the whole time. Yes. So um, no leaves change in color. No in leaves the fall. changes, but but mm. the bottom line is it's always beautiful weather, and that's what I like. So, but I do like the four seasons minus winter and summer. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, so you like two out of the four seasons? Yeah. yeah. So fifty percent. <laughs> so I think uh, you know it's going to be you know spot like. Um, San Diego, yeah. 74 degrees, mm. 365. Nice. That's what I like. Nice. Let's get in the money matters. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Money, money, money. I don't know if you uh, saw this, but uh, October 17th, uh, way mm-hmm. back in the day, this is when uh, yeah. Mount Vesuvius erupted. Really? And uh, destroyed uh, Pompeii and some other cities and oh. stuff. That's uh, wow. It's interesting, Man. isn't it? Yeah, I thought, the, uh, I thought I'd lift up that Sunday and talk about death and destruction. Thank you. Thanks. Right, there you go. Anyway, but uh, I will lift up uh, this day and talk about something that uh, we always talk about here on uh, the Marcus Warren Show and, of course, here in the office, which are basically taxes. Um, and today, uh, I'm not going to uh, talk about anything uh, that I haven't said before except that I'm going to start to use this this term that I've, I've used a couple of times in the past, and I'm going to continue to, to use that, and that is basically tax diversification um, because I want uh, the listeners and people to understand that uh, I am uh, one of the first to continue to use tax diversification, but I bet you here, um, as you start to go to more of these workshops and, and seminars and things of that nature, you're going to hear a bunch of other um, uh, advisors uh, still, um, uh, not that I made tax diversification up, but um, start to, to, to utilize that uh, in their presentations and things of that nature. But 
I'm saying it first here. So tax diversification. So what specifically is tax diversification? And really, when we think about diversification, uh, most people always think uh, thinks about their their investments, right? They think about having a diversified portfolio across stocks and bonds, you know, to reduce uh, that risk. But uh, did you know that you can also diversify your investments for more tax efficient investing? And the reason you would want to do that is simply because uh, as you go and transition into retirement, a lot of people are figuring out or are, are, are punched in the gut with the realization that, wait a minute, I was told that I was supposed to be in a lower tax bracket once I retired. And they are finding out that that is not the case. Uh, a couple of different reasons. Number one is people generally want just as much income uh, as they did while they were, wor- while they were working uh, once they get into retirement. Um, and even if it's... Uh, uh, if it's 80% uh, less, not 80% less, but 20% less, or you make it 80% of, of, of what you made while you were working, you are still figuring out that you are paying just as, just as much in taxes. And why is that? Um, and so I'm going to hit on uh, um, briefly some of the, the reasons why you could potentially be paying higher taxes in retirement. Uh, the first has to do with just lost deductions. Um, and generally, there are four lost deductions that you have once you retire. Uh, home mortgage interest, right? Most of the time, or a lot of times, um, your house is paid off by the, by the time you retire, right? And so you don't get that home mortgage interest deduction anymore. Or if not, you're uh, 25 years into a 30-year mortgage, and so most of the payments are going to principal anyway. So you lose that. Uh, You also lose uh, the fact that you can claim your kids and deduct your kids, right? And before, uh, and when I say before, uh, back in 2017, you used to be able to get a a deduction and an exemption for Uh, your children. But now that goes away because your kids are no longer living with you anymore. Um, At least you hope they're not. But uh, even if they are, they are not deductible. So that's gone. Um, You contributing to your company retirement accounts, you would get a pre-tax deduction for doing that. That disappears. Why does it disappear? Because you're retired and you're not working anymore. So that goes away. And then that charitable deduction, uh, generally what we have found out that um, retirees tend to give more of what they have. And if they were giving uh, money to church or the goodwill or um, whatever charities they support it, they tend to shift a little bit to giving more time because they have more time. And so uh, instead of giving, uh, donating things and, and giving money, they, they tend to just uh, volunteer at the soup kitchen, at, uh, at church, whatever. And of course, the IRS doesn't really care about your time. You are not able to deduct your time. And so uh, those are those four deductions that, uh, that goes away and you can be left paying just as much or more in taxes, uh, even though you are retired. And, you know, people are figuring out that, you know, taxes are becoming one of the biggest expenses, if not the biggest expense that you have uh, once you retire. Um, and uh, we're talking about taxes like income taxes. Well, wait a minute, Marcus, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm retired. Uh, why um, would I have to pay income tax? Well, because you still want an income, right? You're still getting Social Security income. That can be taxable, right? If you have pension income, that's taxable. Rental income, that's taxable, Um uh, the income that you're pulling from your uh, retirement plans, that's taxable. Um, so you're paying those income taxes. Of course, there's sales tax. There's a, a property tax. Um, there's uh, excise taxes, all these value-added tax, all, all these taxes that you are still paying uh, even though you are retired. And so taxes uh, become a pretty big expense and you have to make sure that you account for that. And the biggest um, drop off that I see when it comes to retirement planning is the fact that uh, advisors are not uh, advising uh, correctly on taxes. Now, what generally happens is when you go into your uh, uh, financial advisor's office and uh, you talk about your investments and they talk about how well you've, you, you've done and they, and, and, and they pat themselves on the back because your investments have gone up, uh, even though they really haven't had anything to do with that because uh, the market, the whole market in general is up and a rising tide lifts all boats. And 
uh, money is just being made in Wall Street. But anyway, they show you uh, uh, um, those investment returns and they're feeling pretty good about themselves. And you're, pretty, and you're feeling pretty good about them too, right? And then you say, you know what? Uh, you know, I, I want to start a withdrawal distribution strategy. And they're like, sure, sure, sure. And then you're like, well, you know, what about taxes? Um, you know, I want to you know, find out how I can minimize taxes. And that is when uh, it stops. And they say, well, Go talk to your tax person. Go talk to your CPA, your tax preparer, your accountant. They're the ones who can tell you about taxes. And then there is the disconnect, my friends, where you have this siloed advice, sectioned off advice coming from your CPA or your tax person. And then you have this other advice coming from your financial advisor, stockbroker, um, financial planner. And a lot of times those things don't mesh, right? And you find yourself, just like I'm saying, paying more in taxes than you thought that you were going to pay. And that is because the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. And one of the things, uh, really, the the value that, that we provide, the value that you get on this show is the fact that as a financial planner, um, which, uh, which I am, uh, I am also a tax enrolled agent. So I know about taxes. What's a tax enrolled agent? Well, it is a designation uh, that is given by the United States Treasury that says, hey, this guy, this Marcus Warren guy knows a lot about tax law, tax theory, uh, and the tax code because I had to go through uh, a lot of uh, training and education to get that designation. So in our office and and for you listeners out there, when you are listening and I'm talking about taxes and I'm talking about investments, I know what I'm talking about. And for my clients, they know when we're talking about distribution strategies that we are also looking at it from a tax perspective and vice versa. So uh, we're, we, we're able to take that full, uh, comprehensive, holistic view of someone's finances because taxes and investments and retirements and income and social security and all of that, that goes together. And it basically is your full, you know, retirement picture because that is what matters. And that's what we do. So you need to make sure that you are working with someone who can deal with those things. Now, I'm talking about taxes. I'm not going to stop talking about taxes, but we're going to take a break. And once we come back from the break, we're going to dive into the tax buckets, these tax accounts, and how each of those things work. We're listening to The Marcus Warren Show. All right. So, uh... This is in sync, everyone. For you know the boomers out there who might not know who in sync is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And this is their song "Bye Bye Bye." Uh, came out in the year two thousand, so twenty one years ago. Number four in the U.S. By the way, number what? three in the uh, U.K. Wait a minute. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, you would think. This would have been a little bit better, but uh, they had number one hits on this album, too. Because um, this one, this, like, it's weird, I don't know. It's not like they play this at, at, at uh, uh, movies and stuff. I don't know why it hmm. seemed like it was bigger. I mean, it was a big hit, mm-hmm. but, like, their biggest hit on that album, which probably wasn't. Anyway, welcome back. Oh, why are we playing this song? Isn't somebody's birthday in, in sync? It is. Chris Kirkpatrick. Yes, the one no one knows. Yes. Well, his birthday. <laughs> True and Sing fans know. Uh, yeah, trust me. Yeah. Welcome back to the show, the Marcus Warren show. Anyway, so I was um, uh, the last segment. I was talking about um, taxes and how uh, retirees tend to get shocked because they're paying more taxes, or they find out that they're paying more taxes uh, in retirement than they did. While they were working, and I talked about the number of different reasons uh, for that because of a, lo- a lot of the lost deductions, home, kids, uh, company retirement plan, charity, all of, all of those deductions tend to diminish or get minimized and, and they go away um, once you're retired. And that's when you need uh, a lot of those those deductions. And so um, 
So what, so what can you do about it? Um, uh, there's are a few things you can do about it, but in order to understand uh, what you can do about minimizing taxes, you have to understand that all investment accounts um, and all investments fit into three types of, uh, we call them buckets, three types of, of tax buckets. And understanding those buckets can uh, help people make uh, a more educated decision on um, uh, how are they? How they're going to receive their money in retirement? Um, we're talking about tax diversification. How you can be tax diversified? But first, you have to understand those three tax buckets. Now, um, the very first tax bucket that we're going to talk about is the taxable bucket. And so, in the taxable bucket, uh, what happens is, regardless of if you take money out or not. Any type of money that you make in the taxable bucket, you get to pay the tax, right? Um, and generally, the, the account is funded with, with after-tax money. Uh, and uh, as uh, those investments make money, you are paying taxes along the way, taxes on uh, dividends, interest earnings, as well as capital gains when you sell uh, any stocks or uh, any uh, investments that have uh, appreciated. And the tax amount... It depends on your uh, tax bracket and how long you've held those investments before it's sold, especially in the case of stocks. Um, and then, of course, whether dividends are considered uh, qualified or non-qualified. Um, and the bottom line is all of those investments generate what's called a 1099. And you generally get that 1099 at the end of the year, which is that uh, love letter you get from your financial institution that says, hey, you made this amount in taxes. Now you got to give a portion of portion back to uh, the government in the form of taxes. Um, and well, by the way, those 1099s actually factor into the uh, formula to determine how much of your social security is going to be taxed. And so um, with things in that taxable bucket, you are taxed along the way. We also call it the taxed now bucket because like I said, you are taxed as you get and make that money. So that's the, uh, that's the first bucket. Um, the next bucket we're going to talk about is the tax deferred bucket. And uh, what is this tax deferred bucket? Well, the tax deferred bucket are um, things like your 401ks, your traditional IRAs, your 403bs, uh, pretty much any kind of company retirement plan. Uh, these are investments where when you put money in, you get a tax deduction, right? A pre-tax deduction. What do I mean by that? So you make a $100,000 uh, and you put $10,000 into your 401k your new taxable income is now $90,000. So you get that uh, pre-tax deduction. And as that money grows, it is tax deferred. So you're not paying taxes on it as your money grows. And uh, you hear that all the time. Most um, CPAs, most accountants uh, basically always tell you to defer, defer, defer. Um, and that is basically what you're doing when you have money in this bucket, the tax deferred bucket. And... So what happens when you pull that money out of that tax deferred bucket? That, my friend, is when you have to pay the tax. That is when it is time to pay the piper. And the IRS has a special word that they characterize, that they use to characterize those withdrawals from that tax deferred account. And they call that word, they call it ordinary. And they consider the income that you take from those tax deferred accounts as ordinary income. And so what does that mean? That means that you are subject to whatever tax rates are whenever you pull that money out. And so we understand and know that tax rates are going to be higher in the future than they are right now. Um, we already know that these current tax cuts, they expire at the end of 2025. And so they're going to revert back to what they were back in 2017. And so when you start to pull that money out, or if you're pulling money out of your tax-deferred accounts, your IRAs, your 401ks now, um, those the more you pull out in each year, as you get closer to 2025 and beyond, the taxes are going to go up, and you're going to be subject to paying that tax. Um, a couple of other things with, with the tax-deferred bucket, um, you know that, 
if you have money in these accounts and you want to take money out before you're 59 and a half, then you're going to be penalized uh, 10% uh, because they don't want you to. They, uh, they consider it a retirement account and they want you to at least wait until you're 59 and a half before you can pull any money out. And then you, and then after you're 59 and a half, you're not subject to that 10% penalty. Uh, but then once you get to age 72, um, they're going to make you pull money out. Even if you don't want to, you have to pull money out at age 72 in the form of required minimum distributions. And uh, the government is serious about you pulling your money out because if you do not pull your money out uh, in, in, in the form of those required minimum distributions, then you are going to be penalized 50%, 50 50% if you don't pull that money out um, in, in those required minimum distributions. So that is the tax deferred bucket. All right. Now, the last bucket I'm going to talk about is uh, the tax-free bucket. Uh, the tax-free bucket, uh, you put money in, it grows tax-deferred, you take it out as tax-free, no tax. You put it, it is funded with after-tax money. Uh, what are some things that uh, are considered uh, tax-free. You got Roth IRAs, Roth 401ks. Um, you have life insurance, retirement plans, uh, 529 plans, health savings accounts, uh, things of those nature are um, tax-free. Um, in regards to 529 and the uh, health savings accounts, um, there are some stipulations on what you have to use that money for when you pull it out. But uh, nevertheless, it is tax-free. Now, when we say tax-free, we mean free from every kind of tax, state, federal, capital gains. And then the, another important thing is when you pull money out of that tax-free bucket or to be, cons be considered an investment that qualifies as a tax-free investment, uh, when you take money out, it cannot count uh, against the thresholds that determine how much of your Social Security is taxed. So we're talking about uh, that tax-free bucket, and that is where most people should look to have a lot of their assets because if, tax, if taxes are going to go up in the future, wouldn't you want to be pulling money out of that bucket where you don't have to worry about paying the tax? Now, um, what are some things now that you can do to uh, mitigate against higher taxes in the future? Well, one of, one of the strategies that we've kind of uh, have, have employed in our office is moving money from that tax-deferred bucket to the tax-free bucket. Um, uh, of course, you still have to pay the tax, and you have to do it in a systematic way, in, in, in any, a, a strategic way, and an efficient way, uh, as to not just jump you up in these higher tax brackets. So it's not a one-size-fits-all, it's not a go-out-and-do-it-yourself type of thing, but you have to be uh, very strategic in the way that you move money from that tax-deferred bucket to the tax-free bucket. Why would you want to do that? Number one, like I said, taxes are at historically low rates, so the lowest that they've been in over a generation. And so why not pay the tax right now while taxes are on sale, right? For a limited time only, they are on sale. So why not go ahead and pay the lower tax rates now, position your money in that tax-free bucket, and then regardless of what tax rates go up to, they can double, they can triple, uh, they can go as high as they were back in 1945, which is 94% was the top tax rate. It doesn't matter because you've already paid the lower tax rate and you never have to worry about paying taxes on that money again. That is uh, why uh, we talk about tax diversification. Because once you achieve and you have money in, you know, you have some money in your taxable bucket, like I talked about, you have some money in your tax deferred bucket, but then you also have money in your tax free bucket, you have options and choices on the way that you want to receive that money. Uh, in, in, in a lot of cases, I'll give you a quick example. So uh, say you say you're retired, you have money in all three uh, of those tax buckets, and you want to buy a car, and say that car cost uh, $30,000, $30, right? So you, you have an option. Should you uh, take it out of your taxable bucket? Yeah, you could, but um, depending on how long you've had stocks and if you have to sell stocks and, and things of that nature, then you might have to sell and uh, pay some capital gains tax on uh, some of those investments that, that you sell in that tax in that taxable bucket. Um, could you uh, take money out of the uh, tax-free bucket? Yeah, you could. You would take that full $30,000 out. You don't have to worry about paying any, any kind of taxes, and, and you'd be good to go. Um, could you take money out of that tax deferred bucket? Uh, yeah, you could, but remember that money hasn't been taxed. And when you pull money out, you're going to be taxed. And so if you wanted to net $30,000, you would probably have to take out thirty six, thirty seven thousand dollars $37,000 just to net that $30,000. But the bottom line is this, 
When you have tax diversification, you have options and you can make the decision on what is best for your current situation. And that is the beauty of trying to achieve that full tax diversification. And that's one of the things that uh, we try to uh, preach here in our office when we're dealing with with our clients and advising our clients. And it's something that I am talking to you all about. If you want to learn more about tax diversification, of course, you can go to warrenwealth.net. You can uh, obviously give our office a call. Um, um, you can go to talktomarcus.com, schedule a 15-minute phone call. There's a lot of things that, that, that you can do uh, if you need more information because it is imperative that you employ a lot of these strategies because tax rates are going up, people, and you want to make sure that you are prepared. All right, coming up next, we are going to open your emails. You're listening to The Marcus Warren Show. Wow. So we're going uh, all in on NSYNC, huh? Yes, we are. <laughs> so, yeah, NSYNC's because it's uh, the least popular one's birthday today. Hey, wait a minute. So any excuse for Dee to play uh, NSYNC, she's going to do it. Um, but this song is, is called It's Gonna Be Me. Came out in the, in the year 2000. <laughs> uh, number one in the U.S. Yeah, it was. Number nine in the U.K. Um, pretty good. Not bad at all. But uh, you know what? We're back. All right. Welcome back to the show, the Marcus Warren Show. Remember that you can request that retirement rescue game plan. All you have to do is go to warrenwealth.net. And that retirement rescue game plan will help rescue your retirement from all the risk that threatens your nest egg once you are close and in retirement. You have to protect from things such as market risk, inflation risk, and most importantly, tax rate risk. Once again, all you have to do to get that retirement rescue game plan is go to warrenwealth.net. All right, what's the time for? I think it's time for us to jump into some emails. Yes, it's email, email time. It's time to check the mail. Hey, listeners, don't forget, if you have a question for Marcus, you can now leave us a message on the Ask Marcus line. How does it work? We'll call 502-622-1337 and leave a message with your question. If it's a good one, it will be featured on the show. Just call the Ask Marcus line, 502 502- 622-1337, and you might hear your question on the show. First one today is from Jan. She says, I have an annuity uh-oh, that I've had for several years. Just kidding. Um, she says, prior to this year, I would have had a penalty if I withdrew the money, but now I can withdraw it penalty-free. Should I take it now? Um, well, Jan, uh, that depends. There really are a lot of factors that that, that you need to to think about first, um, what is the tax nature of the annuity? Um, I talk about uh, those tax buckets. You know, is it, um, well, let me tell you this. The, the thing about annuities, they are basically almost all tax deferred unless you hold, uh, hold an annuity in a Roth. And then a Roth, um, of course, you take that money out. It's, it's tax free. But um, if it was funded with after tax money, it's, it's a non-qualified annuity, but the earnings are are taxable, right? So you take that money out and you're taxed. By the way, with annuities, since you do get tax deferral, even if it uh, is funded with after-tax money, um, the earnings are taxed at ordinary income rates. I think that uh, generally when you uh, fund uh, any type of investment with after-tax money, say it's a stock or a mutual fund, uh, and you make money and you pull that money out, uh, you're taxed at capital gains versus uh, an annuity where your earnings are taxed uh, as ordinary income. So be aware of that. Um, IRA money, IRA money is always fully taxable uh, at your ordinary income tax rate. Um, but you can uh, have put a, a an annuity, like I said earlier, in that Roth and then... Um, 
Sometimes the, that's a, a good strategy. Anyway, so um, you got to evaluate the di- the different options that, that you have for uh, those withdrawals, uh, Jan. Uh, you can take it out in a lump sum, um, or you can take monthly withdrawals to supplement your other income. Um, uh, a lot of annuities offer what's called annuitization, uh, which I don't rec- recommend. Um, and that's basically when you just turn it into a lifetime income stream. Um, but you kind of lose a little bit of, of, of control when you can just uh, take withdrawals as needed. Um, you can uh, roll that annuity over and get another annuity. Uh, you can transfer the annuity uh, into something else. Uh, if you don't like the current insurance company or if the uh, interest rate isn't sufficient enough for you, um, then, uh, like I said, you can move it to another annuity. Um, or if it's in an IRA, uh, you can transfer uh, it to uh, an IRA at a brokerage account like like TD Ameritrade, Charles Schwab. Um, and when you complete an IRA to IRA transfer, of course, there are no tax consequences. And so it really depends if um, what you're going to utilize the money for. Um, if you like that annuity structure, if it made you money, you can keep it there. If you don't, like, well, like I'm saying, you can invest it in uh, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, uh, whatever you want. Um, if you need assistance and you want to look at uh, what's out there uh, from an investment landscape standpoint, just uh, go to talktomarcus.com and we can talk about it. What else? Okay, next one is from Marty. He says, is it wise to downside to a smaller home at retirement? Um, sure. Um, really, to me, that, that that's just personal preference. I mean, you know, if if you feel that you want to downsize, uh, then downsize. Um, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, when... When I think about, uh, you know, the house that I live in and once the kids are gone, you know, if I'll downsize, you know, I've, I've, I've had that, that thought uh, in my head. But, but at the same time, I'm like, well, I do still want a, you know, a, a bigger house for when they have, you know, their own kids and I have grandkids. I'd like to, uh, you know, still have a house to accommodate everybody so everybody doesn't have to be spread out or, or stay in hotels, um, you know. But I think it's more of a, uh, of a lifestyle uh, decision now. From a financial standpoint, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, it does give you the opportunity to pay down your house sooner um, and get rid of some some debt if, if you if you're currently um, if you currently have a mortgage. Uh, if you don't have a mortgage, uh, I spoke with someone uh, a couple of days ago or earlier in the week who had mentioned that um, downsizing and selling their home uh, would be, you know, a retirement strategy uh, that they uh, that they may use uh, down the line because they had, you know, about $175,000 of, of uh, equity uh, in their house. And uh, they've looked at the, the current landscape and they're like, okay, if I sell my house, I'll still be able to walk away with about one hundred and seventy and downsize and go into a condo or whatever, that they would still have about $175,000 uh, left after the, the the smaller home purchase or condo purchase that they could use to still con- continue to fund their, their retirement. So, um, you know, Marty, uh, is it, it is smart to downsize when you retire if you need it um, and if you want to. Um, and even property taxes and things of that nature. So uh, it can make sense in, in some instances, but I think it's, it, it's if you have the, the means uh, and you don't have to, then it really just boils down to personal preference, things of that nature. Um, but it, it can serve as a good back, a back pocket retirement strategy if, um, if, uh, if you're a little worried about running out of money. But if you need uh, some... Uh, any other kind of viable options uh, in, in regards to your financial situation, then go to talktomarcus.com and we can help you out. The other thing that I've heard from uh, retirees when it comes to uh, uh, buying a new house, uh, you know, once they're in retirement after the kids are gone and things like that is um, getting a ranch style house to um, keep it all on one level. Cause sometimes bad knees stairs. Yeah. Bad hips. That's right. That's the only thing I, I would um, probably, uh, look to do. Um, not sure if I would down downsize, but if I did, it would be probably because of, you know, my bad, knees, bad knees and stuff, and you know, and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Cause I know that, um, I can feel it coming on right now and here in about 15, 20 years, it's only going to get worse. So, uh, or I'll just never go upstairs again. I'd there just, you go. Yeah. 
let it collect dust. Spider webs. Um, no, nah, well, I would have somebody go up there and oh, clean it up okay. every now and again. Gotcha. You know, or when the kids come or the yeah. grandkids would come and visit, yeah. I'd have them Put go up them there and, and, and clean up. Nice. Yeah, I'm just wonder what a good grandparent would do. Yes. They're going to hate coming over to my crib whenever they, uh, whenever I'm a grandparent. I always have to go clean Actually, the spider webs. I don't want to be a grandparent anytime soon, by the way. Okay. Anytime soon. I don't do okay. not want to be one. Thank you very much. Um, where were we? Oh, we got one more email. Let's go. Let's do it. Barbara <laughs> says, I've always contributed to my 401k at work, but if you're saying that taxes are going up in the future, should I change that and contribute to the Roth 401k instead? Do it. Uh-huh. All right. No. Um, well, I mean, I, 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 I think so. Um, I, you know, without knowing your individual situation, um, Barbara, um, you know, you got to kind of weigh those options. Of course, when you do contribute to uh, a Roth 401k, um, it's after tax money. Uh, and what I mean by that is when you right now you're contributing to your traditional 401k, I assume. And let's say you make $100,000. If you contribute $10,000 a year to that traditional 401k, then your taxable income now is uh, $90,000. Versus now you switched all of that to uh, contribute to your Roth 401k. So you have, you make $100,000, you contribute $10,000 to your Roth 401k. Your taxable income is still $100,000. So if you understand that and can deal with that, then uh, that uh, is probably a, a good idea. And the reason I say it's, it's, it's a good idea, um, uh, well, a couple of different reasons. Number one is we know that these tax cuts expire um, at the end of 2025. But number two, this whole concept of defer, 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 um, especially for the working and, 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 and middle class, is, um, you know, it's a lot of times it, it doesn't work out. And what do I mean by that? Um, you know, sometimes, uh, and if you do the math and, you know, based on your circumstances, you'll figure out that, you know, paying seed, uh, paying seed, paying taxes on the seed, um, isn't uh, as, as beneficial as waiting until, uh, the government can take your your harvest. So um, I'll give you a quick example. So real and 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 when you really think about it, think about this. Number one, the four hundred one k. I don't have too much time, but the four hundred one k was really initially created to uh, comp- to to benefit highly compensated executives who were paying taxes at, at the higher at the highest tax rate, which at the time was fifty percent. So that's what they came up with the four hundred one k. The the initial four hundred one k concept was out there for it was for the uh, basically another tax cut for the millionaires. However. Um, it was it trickled all down. It trickled down to uh, the uh, the employees uh, because it was a way that these companies could take uh, uh, these uh, pensions and stuff off the books. And so um, when you run numbers, a lot of times you are sacrificing um, your uh paying tax on that small amount when really it's not that big of a deal for for most people. When you can go ahead and pay that now, let your investments grow for the next 25, 30 years, however long you're going to be working, or another 10 years, another five, six years, whatever that is, and then whatever that grows to, you don't have to worry about paying the tax. It's already been paid on your little bitty seeds that were planted. But now that the harvest is full and it's turned into this big oak tree, do you want Uncle Sam getting his big chunk out of your oak tree? The answer is no. And so um, that is why we are for tax-free types of accounts and investments. We do love the, 40, the, the, the Roth 401k. We love the uh, Roth IRA, all of those ones that I talked about earlier in, the, in, in, this, in, in this second segment. But um, the bottom line uh, is you have to weigh your options. But, Barbara, I would say convert and move over to that Roth 401k. But... We can work those numbers out specifically for you if you go to talktomarcus.com. All right, coming up next, we're going to get into some news you can use and some news you can't use. You're listening to The Marcus Warren Show. It's tearing up my heart when I'm with you. But when we are apart, I feel it too. Wow, so this is a NSYNC. Uh, and we went old school to NSYNC. Oh my gosh. Anyway. 
This is um, tearing up my heart and sync. And that's once again because it's the least popular in sync member's I've birthday today. Uh, Chris, I say it with love. Chris Kirkpatrick knows that uh, I say it with love. Anyway, um, song came out in 1997. This is when they first came out, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, no one knew about them because uh, it was uh, a top 60 hit in the U.S. Not in my heart. <laughs> Um, or in Germany. Germany, it was number four. There you go. Okay. Maybe you're uh, German. Australia, it was number four. Okay. UK, number nine. Because they, they we were go. big before they came here. But most of those boy bands back in the day were um, big and they, they went to Dark Europe. Europe. Mm-hmm. And became big before they would try to dip their toe. That must be why I in the love US. Oh, that's love right. I forgot. Yeah, you're, uh, that's why. That's why you fall for... Uh, uh, this type of music. That's why you like all that other BTS and all the other guys. Yes. Anyway, welcome back to the show, the Marcus Warren Show. Remember that you can request your retirement rescue game plan, which is a physical packet of information that is delivered free of charge to your front door via USPS. You'll get a copy of my two books, some financial reports, and access to my webinar entitled Taxes in Retirement. You can order that by going to warrenwealth.net. That is warrenwealth.net. And you're going to love what's in that packet because it will make you wiser, smarter, better investor, and hopefully prepare you for retirement. That's at least my take on it. All right, let's get into some news you can use. Right. Well, millions of retirees on Social Security will get a 5.9 boost in benefits next year. The biggest cost of living adjustment in 39 years follows a burst in inflation as the economy um, shakes off some of the effects of the COVID pandemic. So the COLA, cost of living adjustment as it's commonly called, amounts to a whopping $92 a month for the average retired worker, according to some estimates released. It's about $1,200 a year. That's right. That's true. That's right. And this marks uh, a break from the usual cost of living adjustment, which has averaged about 1.65% per year over the last 10 years. Yeah. Um, so what's causing the rise in uh, COLA and the rise in yeah, inflation? inflation? Well, because well, it's... Well, that's what it's tied to. Yes, it's tied to the consu- yeah, consumer <laughs> price to, index. Yeah, it's tied to inflation and the consumer price index. So it's, they go hand in hand. And, um, you know, it, it's it's good because it just, it, remember, it just, it's a cost, a cost of living adjustment. It just keeps you in line with um, all the other rising prices. So, yes, there is more money that is coming to you. But, you know, the inflation is uh, basically up five, around 5.9%. It's like 5.4% collectively with energy prices up 42%. So, um, you know, hopefully it, it, it's enough. And it will be enough if, if these, you know, if these other prices tend to go down, which, which they should. I don't, I don't expect the price of gas to be as high as it is still. Yeah. I mean, at least you hope not. You, yeah. you never know. So, Fed Chair you know. Jerome Powell has said he and, predicts it's going to balance out. Sometime next year. Yeah, that's because last yeah, year, you know, prices went down because of the pandemic. Nobody was going out doing stuff. Nobody was really buying stuff. Now, people still aren't. I mean, still aren't. No, I mean, except for sporting events, but that's a little different. I mean, the restaurants aren't packed in full. At yeah. least, you know, not at least some of the ones that that I've been into. Maybe I'm going to the wrong restaurants. <laughs> you but, might be. Uh, <laughs> anyway, what else we got? Okay, well, a fintech startup <laughs> called Tala. Um, raised what $145 million in funding uh, that the company tends to, intends to use to expand its borrowing, savings, and money management options across Kenya, the Philippines, Mexico, India, and, of course, the United States. Well, what's Tala? It's a Santa Monica-based company. <laughs> um, they are their, their goal, I guess, is to prov- provide funding to, to the underbanked and people who don't aren't normally able to... Uh, get loans from traditional banks and, and things like that. So they approve loans within minutes, disperse money via mobile payment platforms, cash app, sell, things okay. like that. Um, the founder said this is that they have uh, lent over a billion 
dollars to more than four million customers. They charge a one-time fee as low as five percent for each loan, and they uh, most customers uh, repay their loans within twenty to thirty days. So, kind of a fast cash loan option for some people who might not be able to go through some traditional methods because the process takes longer. Cool. Yep. What else? Um, you want to move on? Let's move on. <laughs> Senator Amy Klobuchar, uh, the chair of the Senate Judiciary Judiciary Committee on Antitrust. She said on Thursday that she will soon announce a major antitrust bill aimed at quote unquote big tech. I feel like we're hearing a lot of these stories about stuff that's going lawsuits that are coming. You know, the Department of Justice talked about antitrust. Uh, now we've got a uh, Senate Judiciary Committee talking about antitrust, but what's been happening? Nothing's been happening. It's, we're going to come out with these lawsuits. We're going to do something. We're going to uh, come out with these, you know, regulations, but haven't seen really any changes yet, I don't think. Well, all that stuff takes takes a while. I mean, think about, um, you know, the, the tobacco industry. You know, they're saying, you know, this uh, social media is the new tobacco Um mm-hmm. You know, knowing that, you know, the executive knows that that it's bad for you doing whatever, but they, you know, they put on this front and cover it up and do whatever, you okay. know, uh, regulation comes down. And how long did it take, you yeah. know, big tobacco to, to go down? Nothing Not. happens that quickly, that quickly. especially, I mean, any kind of trials and, you know, all, 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 all of the legalities and they have high power lawyers versus the government lawyers. And yeah, stuff, I mean, you know, stuff doesn't happen. Overnight, there's mm-hmm. not going to be any sweeping changes, you know, for a while because they have the money to fight these things and appeal and all that stuff. So it's, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, I think change, you know, is coming. coming I don't, I don't know line. what change. but Well, the, this bill <laughs> specifically would have implications for companies like Amazon, Apple and Google, which all run their own marketplaces um, for products or information. And they've been accused of ranking their own products higher than their rivals in an attempt to uh, generate more profits for themselves. How but how would we regulate that? You know, I mean, it wouldn't it be obvious, like you're saying, that Amazon would list its own products ha- higher up than it would some other resellers. Would it be ob- what would it be obvious? I mean. I, you know, I don't know if that's, you know, that's, there, there is some antitrust there. I mean, you can't, I mean, you know, from Dominate stand, the marketplace. Right, like that. especially when you're manipulating the marketplace. So, um, you know, that's over my pay grade. But, okay. uh, <laughs> but we shall see. I mean, I understand the concept, but, you know, as far as fixing it, um, they tend to fix it. So, yeah. you know, we shall see. We shall see. What pops off. Let's do one more. Okay. Costco uh, chief financial officer said that the retailer is bringing back purchase limits on household essentials like toilet paper, bottled water, and oh. cleaning supplies because it seems supply chain, like right? people, no. well, probably no. <laughs> supply chain plus people, I guess, going out and, and hoarding again, right? Um, shipping, yeah, shipping delays, truck driver shortages make it harder to keep them on the shelves. So they're trying to limit yes. how much you can get yes. of each item. That makes sense. Yeah, these supply chain. Yeah, these supply chain issues are. Uh, it's really you know been creeping in. I feel like I've been talking about this for for a while, and yeah. um, I, I, I've seen the the tea leaves for I want to say the last four or five months. That mm-hmm. stuff is just it's just stuff is just scarce, and um, and it all started with my chicken wings. So once my chicken That's wings right. um, uh, started to uh, to become in short supply, and they ran out. I knew something was up, and that's how I uh, I stay on top of these things. My uh, my chicken wing index. That's how you stay that's in the right. know. That is that is that's exactly how I do it. But thank you, D, for that news you can't use. And really, if we left you with that, that would always be enough. But we know you all clamor for more, and you clamor for the news that you can't use. <laughs> Well, spoiler alert, uh, if you watch Jeopardy and haven't watched it recently, close your ears. Uh, Matt Amodio, who uh, his prolific run on Jeopardy came to an end earlier this week. You don't even know who he is. I don't, and I watch it too. He is uh, holds the second longest streak in the show's history. 38 straight games won, uh, winnings total 1.5, over $1.5 million in total winnings. Is that, how does that compare to Ken, Ken Jennings, Jennings or he, the other Ken dude? Ken Jennings is the, uh, <laughs> has the, the longest dude. streak of, uh, he won 74 in a row. And he just won and 38 Matt Amodio, he said, yeah, it's the second place, 38. Well, how many did that other guy win? 
Holzhauer, James Holzhauer, he won a lot of money. I don't know if he, he, he might have done it in a fewer amount of shows. Because oh, he always much, made those big bets. Yeah. I wonder know. how much money he won. Yeah. Okay. Um, yes. Yeah. So I, I don't know from an earnings standpoint who's in the lead, but Mr. Modio, 38 games straight, second longest winning streak. Uh, he went on CNBC to talk about how he's going to invest that money and said, I'm not here for some day trading. It's too much for me to keep track of. So he's going to go with boring old <laughs> index funds. That's what he should do with day trading. Yeah. I mean, that's not, it shouldn't even be an option. I mean, anyway. What else you got? Okay. I'm surprised I don't know about that dude. I mean, well, I haven't watched I, I think too. I haven't watched Jeopardy since. Yeah. Uh, well, the last 38 I, days? Well, yeah, at least for the last, yeah, for the last 38 <laughs> days. But, um, you know, once all that controversy, you know, came down and I wasn't intrigued anymore by these guest uh, uh, uh what host, host. Mm-hmm. I, I just yes i've, I've, I've fallen off but yeah. uh once they get all this settled i'm gonna I'm I'm start watching again because i really enjoy jeopardy here we go i have these numbers for you jennings what? top spot 2.5 million james holtzhauer second place 2.46 million uh, but he raggedy. did it in 32 days yeah. and now oh, emodio yeah. third largest sum 1.5 million yeah, yeah. Little chunk oh. change. All right, let's, on. let's do one more. Okay, a Danish artist was given $84,000 by a museum to use some of that cash in a work of art. But when he delivered the piece that he was supposed to make, it was not as promised. So the artist gave the museum two blank canvases and called it Take the Money and Run. He said um, he was tasked to create recreate two of his previous works, which included using the actual cash in the art. Um, but he was <sighs> like, nah, I'm not going to do it this time. I'm just going to give you two blank canvases and yeah. title them, take the money and run. Yep. And uh, you know what's going to happen? They're going to sell for... You know, millions Probably. or something because yes, I'm I, just, sure. I, I, I can't get into it. I, I, art, you know, I, I don't know why, you know, it's, it should all be subjective and you would think it's all subjective, but we all, it's weird what we place value on just mm-hmm. because someone else says it's good. Yeah. And I've looked at these, uh, mass quote-unquote masterpieces or really not even masterpieces. These, these expensive pieces of art and have thought, yeah, I think my uh, my ten year old son could probably do something like that yeah. too. Um, well, and I just yeah, but give I, it a try. I, yeah, yeah, of course, of course they can. But I don't know, I don't know what it is. It, that's one of the mysteries of, of 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 life that I'll never understand. That and um, you know the vast frontier that is called space. Anyway, thank you, D, for that uh, news you can't use, and we all know what that music means. It means we've come to the end of the show. I want to thank everyone for listening. Have a great week and take it easy on this Sunday. Thank you for listening to the Marcus Warren Show. For more information or to request your retirement toolkit, contact Marcus at 502-339-8255 or visit his website at talktomarcus.com. Warren Wealth Management and Tax Planning and WGTK are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendations to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested.